it followed him home. Rafik whistled softly as he stacked the last of the boxes at the corner of the production room. Stephen, his supervisor, walked up to him and handed a new log sheet. Rafik stared at it and asked, Stephen, I'm going off already. I've applied to leave earlier tonight. I'm on half day or in this case, half night. <laughs> he smiled wryly, hoping Stephen could catch his joke. Stephen looked at him blankly and then downed at the log sheet that was handed over back to him. Oh, I forgot. Oh, you applied yesterday, right? Sorry about that. I will just hand this to Lucy instead, okay? Rafik stared at Stephen's back as his supervisor walked away with a log sheet. He shook his head wryly, then looked at his watch. Almost time to go. He had promised his wife that he would be home by one in the morning. Walking past the factory's gates, he waved goodbye at the security guard on duty who waved back. He was in a good mood and looked forward to having an early rest at home. He climbed up a bridge to get to the other side of the road because he knew that if he were to board a taxi at that side, it would be a shorter route to his home. There were two flights of stairs to this bridge. The first flight would end up on a middle platform and the second flight would be the final steps. It was in this middle platform when he glanced to his left and saw something that shook him out of his happy mood. A figure in white sat squatting on a branch of a tree just beside this platform. A long hair covered most of her face, but he could make out the red eyes that looked directly at him. He stood rooted to the ground as if unsure of what to do next. A honk of a passing vehicle from the road shook him from his dazed state and he quickly ran down the last flight of steps. A taxi drove by at that moment and he managed to flag it down. As he tried to recover from the shock of seeing the thing on the tree, he calmed himself down by making small talk with the driver who was more than happy to have a chatty passenger. Not long after, they arrived at their destination. Rafik paid his fare and thanked the driver. As he pulled away, the driver turned and saw Rafik walking towards a block of flats. Behind him, someone in white followed steadily a few feet away. The driver shook his head and closed his eyes. When he opened them again, the figure had disappeared and he could barely make out Rafik hurrying away. 
he decided to call it a night and return home instead of trying to find more passengers. In the lift, Rafik pressed the button to the ninth floor of his flat. He felt slightly better after the conversation with the driver. He felt the lift stop on the fourth floor. The door opened, but no one stepped in. The door closed again and it moved up. On the sixth floor, it stopped and again, no one stepped into the lift. Rafik began to feel uneasy. On the ninth floor, just as he was about to step off, he heard a giggle from behind him. It was enough to make him run down the corridor to his unit at the other end. Fumbling in his pocket for his keys, he shakily pulled out a bunch and tried in vain to choose the correct ones for the padlock of the gates and the main wooden door. In his hurry, he dropped his keys twice. It was at this time when he heard another giggle behind him. Rafik was almost in tears, but he kept his head forward and did not look behind him. It took him a long time because he was shaking so much. As he inserted the correct key to the main door, he pushed it open and rushed in, shoes and all. Breathing heavily, he bolted the door shut. His wife, awakened by the sudden noise, came out from the bedroom and asked, Hey, you're back already. What happened? Why are you bending like a dog? <laughs> Nothing, just exercising. The corridor is good for sprinting lah. <laughs> Not wanting to worry his wife, Rafi can only manage a weak joke. Wati shook her head in disbelief and turned towards the kitchen, intending to heat up a meal for her husband and boil some water to make tea. Rafik turned back towards the door and stared at it for a good few minutes. He put his ears on the door and swore he could hear a giggle on the other side. But then again, it could very well be in his head after the incident earlier. Slowly, he peered through the peephole. Nothing. He peered again. Nothing. He heaved a huge sigh of relief and decided to take one last peep. The corridor remained empty, but instead of walking away, he stubbornly stood there, his eyes glued through the tiny peephole, curiosity getting the better of him. It was then when suddenly the figure appeared out of nowhere. It grinned 
grotesquely at him through the peephole. Her nearness shook him to the core. He gave a loud cry and fell backwards on the floor, sliding on his backside as far away from the door as he could, mumbling incoherently. Wati found him half crying and half moaning on the floor. She tried her best to calm him down, offering him a drink, cleaning his feet and washing him up as best as she could. All the while, Rafik was going, I didn't mean it. I, I just need to look. Why did I look? Why? I should not have looked. Why? Why? He was down with a fever for a few days. He would mumble and then cry for no apparent reason. Sometimes he would scold Wati for giggling at him when she was just sitting there doing nothing. Wati had to call her uncle who helped to recite prayers and heal him spiritually. It took a while for Rafik to get back to his old jovial self. Although he could not erase the frightening image from his mind, Rafik learned that he should not let beings from another dimension disrupt his life and that life still had to go on. His relationship with Wati improved over time and he has since stayed away from peepholes as much as he could. for listening and I'll see you in the next podcast.